0: What is up, people? We have started.
1: Winter. November is here. The chill, the cold. It's only at night as we wrap up with 70-degree days here this week. Yeah, which is ridiculous. We <laughs> By now, we should be in freezing temps. It, it should be in the 40s. We should have frost on the windows every morning. I'm perfectly perfectly happy not dealing with that crap yet. Fuck Gavin Newsom. Burn those fossil fuels. Yeah. Take your Prius and stick it up your ass. When is California going to fall off into the ocean? We were promised, damn it.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of uh, episode, that's the kind of week it's been. It's going to be raunchy. It's going to be nasty. There's going to be a lot of anger, not only here, but on the weekend edition because of the idiots in the NBA, the idiots in Hollywood. But in the end, that makes it a typical sports frenzy episode. That's right. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. He's a conquistador, Dave Height, taping here on November the 2nd, 2022. This will hit tomorrow morning the (laughs) 3rd. And as always... When we are in fall and winter, it is football, football, football. And the first segment is always the NFL.
1: Part one of the NFL.
0: Yeah, we've we pretty we're much. Going,
1: we're going two segments on the NFL this week. Kids. We've got to deal with the trade deadline stuff. We got trade the deadlines. The most active we got trade deadline. We got recaps. We've got predictions. Expect two full segments of the NFL, kids. I'm warning you right now. So, as I
0: mentioned, let's start off with the most active trade
1: deadline day, I believe, ever in the NFL. Yep, somebody said in over a century. That's insane.
0: Of course, a lot of that involved our teams. Not the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers
1: were pretty quiet. Bears and Dolphins are making some moves amongst the teams. Let's... Start with the Bears since they kicked it off last week when they got rid of Robert Quinn. And then
0: it was Roquan.
1: Then Roquan. unfortunately,
0: we saw that coming. But it doesn't make a lot of sense. And again, we're talking about a team that has tens of millions of dollars under the salary cap. Now, we talked last week about the Robert Quinn trade because that broke before last week's episode. Right. And right. I was okay with that, despite the dead cap money, because Quinn is notorious for having those hot and cold streaks.
1: Yeah. And he was he obviously was on this a year, cold streak. This year was going to be a cold streak. Which is why the Bears had to pay the money.
0: But again, why, and you and I have been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks, <laughs> why do you get rid of Roquan Smith, a young stud linebacker leading the NFL in tackles? Because
1: the Bears didn't want to pay him. I think there again, was a little leftover animosity. I don't know what the hell Polls' problem is, but when talks broke down about the contract, I pretty much the writing was on the wall that he was going to be gone, one way or the other. So they wound up trading him to the Ravens. So the Bears, my God, just crazy. The Bears. Give up, or the Bears get a second and fifth round pick in 2023 along with linebacker AJ Klein. The Ravens get Roquan, and the Bears are paying $4.833 million of Roquan's contract the the remainder of this year. Again, we've got so much damn money, we can pay a player to go away a second time. But the Bears were not done yet. They were not.
0: They decided, hey, maybe now is time to get some more weapons for Justin Fields, which we've been saying for the last six months. Where the hell were you during free agents? The problem with this deal, getting Chase Claypool from the Steelers for a second-round pick, multiple problems I have with
1: this. Number one, You didn't give up the Ravens' second-round pick. They wouldn't take the Ravens' pick. They wanted the Bears' pick, which is obviously going to be much sooner. Much higher.
0: Chase Claypool is going to be a free agent after 2023. So you traded a second-round pick. For a year and a half. For a wide receiver who is still largely an unproven commodity potential yes pittsburgh couldn't figure out how to work him into their system had flashes of greatness but he's going to be a free agent in
1: a year and a half and you give up a second round pick for that you damn well be better be ready to pay him for that kind of trade and again, with the way the Bears are penny pinching right now,
0: it makes sense if you look at his current contract since he was a second round pick with the Steelers, he's not making a lot of money right now. No, it, he's on the cheap at the moment. Right. But again, you I hope you after give him two games, if he shows any kind of promise, any kind of flash, you better get on the line with his agent and lock him up, because it is going to be a phenomenal waste. You are going to be a laughingstock if he leaves after next year, and you gave up a second-round pick for a year and a half of
1: this guy. That's way too high for a rental player. You better be damn sure this is somebody you want to stick around. So I hope, polls that you did your homework on this one. I just don't like the whole thing.
0: I don't like the the bargain basement way the Bears are being run right now. I just don't like it at all. Like you said, we're more than willing to flush millions and millions of dollars down the toilet to make players go away. But why was it to bring them in? And I see, sorry, idiot Bears fans out there on social media. Their comments are bleeding into some of these stories as I do research about the Claypool deal and the Roquan Smith deal. Oh, this is so
1: exciting. We've got so many draft picks and so much cap space. The Bears have never known what to do with a draft pick in their history. Do
0: these people not realize we already had young talent? We had Roquan Smith.
1: We had Leonard Floyd. When was the last good draft start to finish that the Bears have had? In the last 30, 40 years.
0: Seriously. They can find value later on, but when it comes to the big picks, the money picks, abysmal. Could be the worst team in the NFL when it comes to the first high second round picks. Absolutely. Pathetic. I don't want to hear
1: these pathetic Bears fans grasping at straws. Oh, draft picks, draft picks. A lot of damn good that's going to do you with a team that has a history of shitting the bed in the draft. Other people have said it,
0: so I'm not taking credit for it. Draft picks are lottery tickets. That's all they are.
1: They're scratchers.
0: Yep. Once in a while you hit, most of the time you throw them away. But again, the reckless disregard in terms of money. Just flushing this money down the toilet, paying the salaries for guys to go play somewhere else, is just idiotic. The McCaskies have got to sell the goddamn team. I am tired of this. I am tired of being one team in our division. Thank God for the Lions. Yeah, no shit. If it wasn't for the Lions, we would or maybe be- the Houston Texans right now, we would be the laughingstock stock. <laughs> And it's not Matt Eberflus's fault. It's not Justin Fields' fault. It's not David Montgomery's fault. These guys are playing their asses off. Khalil Herbert. They're trying. But you dismantled the defense now. What you saw here this past week as we got shellacked
1: by the Cowboys, 49-29, that tissue paper defense. That's what you've got for the rest of the season. you got a young secondary. They're learning but there's nothing up front to help them. No, they are. They're actually playing damn well for being a young secondary, but there's only so much that can be done there. There's no pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. They've got all damn day to sit back there and playing corner is not easy because it's all reactionary. You don't know what the hell the play is. And if they have that much damn time for the play to develop, you're a sitting duck.
0: Yeah, and the team has almost done a complete 180 from what we saw in the preseason, what we thought we were going to get this year. Nobody had expectations.
1: No, none at all.
0: But I think we figured with Eberflus coming in, defensive-minded coach, we still had Quinn at that point. We still had Roquan at that point. We figured the defense will be credible. The defense will be solid. Fields might struggle again because he has no weapons to work with. He's got no protection in front of him. Now the team looks like they're finally gelling <laughs> on offense. They should be able to put up 21, 28 points a game. The problem is, they're going to give up 50. It's
1: going to be a sieve. It's going to be a sieve. Yep. There's. There's no stopping anything right now with that Bears defense. This is the dumbest, most embarrassing front office in
0: Chicago sports until we talk baseball later. Yeah, (laughs) just
1: wait for it, kids. I've got my rant on that coming up.
0: But at least you've got the Miami
1: Dolphins
0: here in the NFL.
1: Pulling off a big trade with the Broncos, getting Bradley Chubb to bolster the Dolphin defense. I like this one, so the Dolphins get Chubb along with the 2025 fifth-round pick. Why we had to wait that damn long, three years for the pick? Seriously? Come on. But we send to the Broncos running back Chase Edwards, or Edmonds, a first-rounder in 2023, and a fourth-rounder in 2024 it's a lot given up up front and having to wait that damn long for the draft pick coming back. I don't like that. Not happy with that part of it. The
0: interesting thing about this whole situation, and of course, former San Francisco coach, Going out also in another deal <laughs> yeah, and well, getting we, another running back, another San Francisco yeah, running the back. the second
1: trade they made getting Jeff Wilson, the running back from the Niners for a 2023 fifth rounder. Because, of course, why the 49ers did you parlay didn't. that into the 2025? I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, of course, they, they had no the, need for him
1: anymore after getting Christian McCaffrey. Right. So, why couldn't they have got gotten him for that? fifth rounder in 2025 what difference would it this is just
0: for miami turning into a very interesting game of poker because they are all in now they are but come on does the the one win they just got earlier this year against the bills give them this kind of confidence Uh,
1: they're one uh, hit away one one hit away on two away from being bottom of the barrel again to a five and zero oh
0: in games this year he starts otherwise the dolphins are zero oh three that's yep, a high that's wire a big drop that's off. a high wire actor playing they've given up all these draft picks for tyreek hill and now bradley chubb we'll they see. are all they're and, all and in. they're gonna have to pay tua and jalen waddle here
1: coming up in the next couple of years. Yep. They are. So we'll see what the window looks like for them, but a lot of money invested in Xavier Howard. They still they still have leaps and bounds to make if they are going to knock the Bills and the Chiefs off the throne of the AFC.
0: Agreed. Compl- and that's why I'm saying this is a, a big time poker gamble, a high wire act. Because if you were in the NFC, I completely get
1: it. Oh, the NFC, this would put them right at the damn the, top.
0: The NFC right now to me is a dumpster fire. I think the Vikings are a mirage. The Eagles are good. The, the Eagles are good. But you've got the, the Giants are a mirage.
1: This. The Giants, I don't know what to no, make I of don't, them. No, I don't
0: like the Giants. We saw what happened last week. With yeah, and you and I exposed. called that correctly. Yeah. We'll get to that.
1: Dallas, they've got the defense. I still don't know that that offense. They are a playoff team, there? but they are not a, a Super Bowl team. No. The Rams suck.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to that game in our picks for the week. What looked like in the preseason, a possible NFC championship preview between the Rams <laughs> and the Buccaneers, is wow, now a is... desperate fight for
1: survival. Yeah, this this is in the hopes of maybe if you win this you can be above 500 for the year if you're lucky.
0: Moving on to the Buccaneers. As I said they're pretty quiet at the trade deadline but they're sitting at 3 and 5 after losing to the Ravens last Thursday night 27 to 22. Of course you got the drama with Tom Brady, the divorce is now official. With him and Giselle, how much is that distracting him? They lose Shaq Barrett on the defense. Torn Achilles, done for the year. But, but you I you can't know, understand why this team is under... Oh, wait, I can't understand it. <laughs>
1: Todd, Todd Bowles! <laughs>
0: Bowles! I've said it ever since Bruce Arians retired. I said it last week. I'll say it this week. I'll say it every week when the Buccaneers underachieve. Todd Bowles, like... Another guy we're going to talk about, Josh McDaniels. There are guys in the NFL on their second head coaching gigs. Who should not first.
1: be head coaches, period. End of conversation.
0: And I def- here's what I was thinking, Dave, as I saw my Buccaneers flail and, again, lose. Can you tell me the last time a calm head coach – A guy who didn't yell and scream on the sidelines. A guy who didn't get in the players' faces. When was the last time a coach like that had success? You want to say Belichick? I'm going to tell you, Belichick gets pissed off. He does. He's calmer than most, but he still gets mad.
1: Bill Walsh? You had the... Lovie Smith, when he was with the Bears, was oh, Mr. Oh, Calm on no. You asked for some semblance of success. Oh. They had a winning record under his regime, and he got them into the Super Bowl.
0: I do not accept that answer. I do not accept that answer. Tony Dungy was Mr. Calm. Tony Dungy underachieved. You and I have said that and said that over and over and over again, how they should have won a lot more with In- him and Peyton Manning. They should have. And he did not win in Tampa Bay. Everyone who was like, Tony Dungy's team, but Chucky won. No, because Gruden got in the players' faces. And he amped them up to the next level that they needed to be at to win the Super Bowl. Tony Dungy couldn't do that.
1: See, I'm trying to think back. Bill Walsh is a good one. <sighs> I don't remember. Did Joe Gibbs ever get in I anybody's about faces? I Gibbs,
0: but I think Gibbs was kind of like Belichick, where he could get mad every once in a while.
1: If he needed to.
0: Right. He wasn't like a Jimmy Johnson who was screaming and yelling all the time. He wasn't Mr.
1: Was, Redface. He wasn't
0: like a John Gruden. But I'm talking <clears throat> about the, the dead calm demeanor. Todd Bowles never gets upset, never gets mad.
1: No, and that's and I think – we've seen time and again that does not work. You have got to get in people's faces. There needs to be a reality check for the players from time to time.
0: <sighs> we'll get to the Buccaneers and Rams, as I mentioned, later on. Fascinating dumpster <clears throat> fire of a game that was supposed to be an unbelievable <clears throat> matchup a couple months back. Other trades uh, – trade deadline deals. Uh I find hmm. it again, this is probably the start of our slide into negative stuff, but the Giants had to trade away Kadarius Tony, their number 1 draft pick from last year, the wide receiver. Trade him to of course Kansas City Who'll take anybody as a reclamation <laughs> project, whether it's Josh Gordon,
1: whoever Brit Reed. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> we'll get to that here shortly, too, kids. But Kadarius Tony, who acted
0: like when he was with the Giants, like he didn't care about playing football. All he cared about was playing rap music. Another guy who was a China doll, always injured, couldn't make. His treatment appointments on time. Yep. Was not committed to playing football. So they have to bail on a, a first round draft pick.
1: A year a and a half in. Case. A
0: year and a half in. They get a third and a sixth from Kansas City. Now you watch. He's going to light the He'll world blow it up with Kansas City.
1: Because isn't that the way it always works? I just, I just find
0: <clears throat> situations like this disgusting. This is like the NBA. This particular trade, this situation where a player basically
1: checks out on the team that drafted and him. And forces them to move him. Yeah, I absolutely hate that. Ugh. The notable team that did not make any moves, that rumblings are tried to get Claypool, but could not. The Green Bay Packers, wallowing in self-misery. I love it. They needed wide receiver help, and they couldn't pull off getting Claypool. Yeah, I'm going
0: to have a uh, a proposition for a meeting of the minds in the luggage hatch of the sports <laughs> frenzy plane of doom for two geniuses in the sports world later on and one of them of course will be mr lateral thinker aaron Rodgers.
1: yep who supposedly was having direct conversations about personnel with the gm well if you've been listening to his press conferences he acts like now that he got his contract extension he's running the team yeah he's like a kevin durant ruined the team With that contract. You've undermined the general manager. You're undermining the head coach. You're alienating
0: yourself from your teammates. Oh, but they love him. He's the best. I don't believe that for a second. Not one bit. This is kind of like that whole deal with Russell Wilson. How Pete Carroll secretly loves the fact they were able to get rid of him because nobody liked Russell Wilson. And now the Denver Denver stuck with him. The Denver locker room is not a very upbeat place right now. No,
1: no, it's not. So maybe Mr. Wilson is not all that.
0: The Lions trade... A top-level tight end to the Vikings. Another team like the Dolphins. The Vikings
1: kind of in a more minor way, but still. It's just, they needed a new tight end because of injuries. And I'm surprised at the trade within division. That is a rarity. Yes, TJ Hawkinson goes yep. from the Lions to the Vikings. And he's got to be tap dancing like a madman right now. Giddy is a little schoolgirl. Because at least he's on a playoff contending team right now. And you can't argue with the
0: fact the Vikings on offense have a shit ton of weapons. But again, what is going to happen to Kirk Cousins when the bright lights of primetime television are shining on him? What does he usually do? We're not going to say that term this week.
1: I already did earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I got one. (laughs) I vowed we would not go
0: there this week (laughs) after using and abusing that particular term. Now, in injury news, huge injury news.
1: He defecates his sleeping area.
0: (laughs) Oh, can you tell Dave reads a lot of books? (laughs) He's a master of wordplay. Of course, we saw the fact that the the Bengals defecated their sleeping area <laughs> last Monday night. This God, past Monday that was, night,
1: that was a game awful. that we
0: all thought was a gimme on the slate for our picks. The Browns end up winning thirty two to thirteen. Now, is it because Joe Burrow didn't have his his safety net, his sleeping blanket, his little cuddly buddy?
1: His Jamar whoopee? Chase,
0: his whoopee, Jamar Chase, hip injury out four to six weeks. So that you know hurts, to me,
1: but suck it up, bro. They have enough weapons. There's enough Tyler there.
0: Boyd, T. Higgins, that's more than most teams have.
1: Yeah, there's no reason that they should have played that badly against the Ravens. Or not, sorry, Browns.
0: Yeah, now the Ravens, of course, in the same division have moved into first place. Yep, because, by default. Because, yes, the the Bengals did a, a poopy on their Star Wars sheets. <laughs> they did uh, that number two. You had to go down this road, didn't you? Now we're going to spend the entire podcast
1: trying Coming to figure up. out new ways to say shit the bad. There you go. It went number two all right we got about
0: five minutes left here i want to hit one last thing and then i'm gonna let dave we got a- rant and rave i don't know how serious to take this but word came out today that dan snyder could possibly
1: be finally exploring selling the commanders yep they hired what was it the bank, bank- of america investments division to take a look at sales of something and all speculation is getting rid of the team. What is coming down out of the investigation, out of the uh, congressional investigation as well? Shit must be getting real if they're going down this road right now. As staunch as he was digging his heels in, threatening to blackmail the other owners a few weeks ago. I think it coming out that he hired private investigators and usurped everything, getting the names of people and starting to investigate and spy on them, that is the death knell for Mr. Snyder.
0: All right, we alluded to it earlier, and I know I hate this, but I know Dave (laughs) has been... Ultimately, unbelievably passionate about this. So I want to give him a couple minutes here at the end of segment one before we do spillage and carry over a little bit of NFL and, of course, our picks into segment two. But finally, the quote-unquote gavel of justice came down, if you want to call it that, for one Britt Reid. Three damn years in prison. Maximum sentence was what, seven? Seven.
1: Three damn years. Max was seven. The prosecutor, for whatever reason, only was going after four because of the guilty plea. And Reed wanted probation. That's insulting. That is is totally insulting insulting on this two-time repeat offender for pulling this shit. They should have thrown the damn book at this guy and put him in for seven. There's no excuse this piece of refuse. The family completely
0: opposed this whole situation, did not want to accept the plea deal. Completely against it. And again, this is typical of our justice system. The victims don't get a say. The victims are not looked upon as anything other than a side story. The criminals are the focus. The criminals, especially when it's a quote-unquote celebrity criminal or the son or daughter of a, of a celebrity. Son. This is disgusting. Absolutely. This Freaking
1: young girl that he d- almost killed whose life he's destroyed. Destroyed the entire family because they have got to do so much to take care of this poor young girl. And I don't care that the Chiefs have an undisclosed... Settlement. A settlement that they took care of her for life. It's still no freaking excuse for this guy to get off that easy. No. And of course, it has since been proven
0: that he was drinking at the Chiefs' facility before the accident. So the Chiefs are culpable legally.
1: Yep. And if it's allowed there in the locker room, You can thank his daddy for that, for letting the culture go on. And you know that's another thing. And
0: here's where the anger is starting to come out. Fuck Andy Reid. Fuck him and his Hall of Fame credentials. Go stuff another goddamn cheeseburger in your face and don't take responsibility for your child's actions. And I get tired of people telling me the father is not responsible. The mother is not responsible. At some point, there is. To
1: an extent, you are. Why did you bring him onto your staff to begin with when you knew he had all these issues? He should have been nowhere near this facility or this team in any capacity.
0: Oh, yeah. The
1: temperature's rising here
0: on Sports Frenzy 2.0, so we're going to segment two. NFL part two. Coming up. Are you having trouble falling asleep behind the wheel of your expensive SUV? Are you finding difficulty in avoiding golf clubs thrown at you by your angry wife as you pull out of the driveway? Sign up today for the Tiger Woods Driving School, sponsored by Sports Frenzy 2.0. We'll show you how to text ladies of the night while still driving effectively in the wee hours of the morning. We'll also teach you how to ditch a suspicious backpack when you end up driving into a ditch. Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, for updates on our latest classes, including how to curse and swear in front of uptight golf fans and their children and still be adored by millions. The Tiger Woods
1: Driving School. It's great! Sports Frenzy 2.0, November 2nd, 2022. Hits November 3rd, Thursday as always. NFL segment two on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, Gasbox, and Stitcher! I'm the conquistador Dave Height. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. And as we promised you, the second segment. Of the NFL. We're going to look back at
0: last week's games and give you our picks for this week's game. Six of our eight panelists have their picks in. But first, let's take a quick look back at what happened in NFL week eight. Before we get into week nine, we did talk about the Ravens and Buccaneers Thursday night. The London game, the Broncos and the Jaguars.
1: What the frick is
0: going on? I really thought the first month of the season, the Jaguars with Doug Peterson looked like they were actually advancing. They were taking steps forward. You know, Trevor Lawrence looked like he was making that gradual
1: ascent from year one to year two. Yeah, it seemed like he was maybe getting ready to crest the peak and figure it out. And then it all goes south for him. Absolutely plays a horrendous game. They let the lowly
0: Broncos with one of the worst, if not the worst offenses in the NFL go into what's technically their home turf. Because the Jaguars play a London game every year as the home team.
1: Yeah, which still boggles my mind.
0: But the Broncos end up beating the Jaguars in London
1: 21-17. Probably, what, the highest scoring game for the Broncos of the year? That's what I mean. It's They didn't rely on field goals. They actually got into the end zone. That is an offensive outburst for the Broncos, 21 points. Which hosed me from my Denver kicker who only got me three freaking points on my fantasy team when he's been getting me triple that. Then what
0: turned out to... Possibly, arguably, be the best game of the week: the Panthers and the Falcons. What what the hell? I saw little bits and pieces of the end of this this on the red zone. This
1: was an explosion of offense from both these teams.
0: Falcons end up winning thirty-seven to thirty-four in overtime, but that doesn't tell nearly the whole story. You had DJ Moore pull his helmet off, getting a critical penalty for the Panthers, which pushed an extra point back. Which Panero missed, and then Panero ended up missing a field goal in overtime, setting up the Falcons to allow them to kick a field goal and win the whole thing. Yep. Now the Panthers uh, have obviously been playing a lot better since they got rid of Matt Rule and they got rid of believe it or not, got rid of McCaffrey. That They're offense playing is
1: playing a lot better.
0: But you can't lose games with these type of mistakes. No, kicker, that is the the helmet penalty. The helmet
1: penalty is inexcusable. There's no reason for that to have happened. That is just a egocentric, me 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 player. And
0: I. Believe it or not, I've heard people say, well, we should get rid of that rule, too. So we've already gotten rid of the the excessive celebration rule. So now they can all go do whatever they want and dance in the end zone after a fumble recovery or whatever. So now people want to get rid of, you should be able to rip your helmet off if you've done something good.
1: All right. Isn't that taunting? Isn't the excessive it's just celebration taunting of the idiotic society we live in? I mean, you can't have it both ways. It oh, it's frustrating as hell. The
0: snowflakes, the current generation. Oh, it's
1: okay to do it here, but no, you can't do that. Absolutely stupid.
0: Vikings beat the Cardinals 34-26. The Saints again inexplicably what? It was in New Orleans, but the Raiders can't score a single point against with that the offense. Saints?
1: The Saints do not have a stellar defense it's anymore. Okay. But yeah, it's not no- a shutout defense. What the hell is wrong with Josh McDaniel as the head coach of the Raiders?
0: We're going to get more into that because we've got them on this week's slate of picks. Patriots do beat the Jets going in to New York, New Jersey, yep. wherever that monstrosity of a stadium is. And they beat the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Jets 22 17. Zach Wilson looks awful. Now we start looking at this quarterback class of 2021 and, and start go. wondering if it's hmm. not a complete and total disaster. Yeah, it's not looking too good, is it? Justin Fields might actually, right now, be the best of the five that were picked in the first round.
1: Yeah, and he's still got some development to do because his entire rookie season was wasted with that joke of a head coach that we had. But I figured,
0: I got this pick right from last week because I figured Belichick was not going to have his ass handed to him two weeks in a row, especially by the likes of Robert Sala and Zach Wilson. (laughs) Now, the Titans did end up beating the Texans, but it was only by seven points. It was a hell
1: of a lot closer than expected. That is one game that we all picked that came through.
0: Yeah, we had three on the college and the pro side where we all eight of us picked the winner and we all got screwed on three games. That's very rare. Where, if we go unanimous across the board, usually we're going to get it right.
1: Yeah, not this. This is the one that came through for us. I do want to
0: give kudos to Derrick Henry. He is the GOAT right now when it comes to running backs. He ties OJ Simpson and Adrian Peterson in this game against the Texans because Tannehill was injured. So Malik Willis got the start. Vrabel says, "I am not in any way, shape, or
1: form." <laughs> you are not throwing the damn ball,
0: kid. Yeah, he uh, did. He even throw it ten times. I don't even know. I if don't he got even to know 10. if he got to double digits. But Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard ran the ball, I believe, for at least three hundred total yards. Henry goes for over two hundred, so he is now tied with O.J. Simpson and Adrian Peterson for the most two hundred yard rushing games in NFL history.
1: That's impressive.
0: And he's still got a few years left in him. Yep. He is a he's beast, a man. He is a potential
1: to be solo at the top of that chart. And again, it's a shame.
0: He should have won the MVP a couple years ago. It's a shame he doesn't get recognized for carrying that team. Cooper as, Cup last year as a wide receiver should have won the MVP. The fact that all they do is look at quarterback, 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 quarterback.
1: It's a travesty. A quarterback is not always your most right. valuable I've player. I've heard a lot of
0: people this year complaining. Micah Parsons, the edge rusher for the Cowboys, should be considered. With the He year should be
1: considered.
0: But again, it's Josh Allen. Now, he's having a phenomenal year.
1: But, but if it wasn't he... for
0: Josh Allen, you're telling me that we can't consider Derrick Henry or Micah Parsons?
1: Yeah, those short
0: Short-sighted, two... stupid voters, writers. When it comes to this.
1: Yep. It is. The MVP is not a quarterback award. It should be opened to any player. We will fight that tooth and nail.
0: We joked about this game last week and it turned out to be a joke.
1: Oh my God. But I
0: can't believe I got this right because I turned the game off. Unfortunately, as it was forced on us here locally Tyler Heineke versus Sam Ellinger the commanders at the Colts the commanders My end God. up coming back and winning 17 to
1: 16 <laughs> I mean I how can't. how pathetic have the Colts become in a short period of time
0: they had me fooled at least Frank Reich I thought he was a really good coach now I don't know how much of this you called this last week how much is coming from Ursay. In the front office, are they trying to tank to get one of the the top quarterbacks next year? But the fact that you can't even, with these two teams, you've got one now. The commanders are actually four and four. (laughs) Who would have thought that was a possibility? And I believe the Colts are three, four, and one. So I don't know the odds of either of these teams being able to get one of those top quarterbacks right now. They've won just enough in this mediocre
1: NFL. Yeah, and it is a very mediocre NFL. There are so few teams that are worth a damn this year. Yeah,
0: and the Commanders are pretty much one win away from making the playoffs in the NFC. Oh, God. That's scary. All right. 49ers going into SoFi Stadium and beating up the defending Super Bowl champions with their new toy Christian McCaffrey.
1: Yep, 31 to 14. McCaffrey what? Three touchdowns in his debut. He rushed for one, he caught one and he threw one. First player to
0: do that since 2005. Very impressive. That
1: was very impressive. And I impressive.
0: think if right now if I was a betting man, but I'm a cheap bastard, so I don't bet 49ers to me even though their their record is an outstanding They're behind the Seahawks in the NFC West, but they are the favorites. It's them and the Eagles right now in the NFC to me.
1: Yeah, the Niners and the Eagles. The Niners are starting to find their stride. They're starting to show who we thought they were going to be to start the year.
0: But again, they decided Trey Lance was going to be the future. And if they'd started
1: the season with Jimmy G, they would be in much better shape. Much, much better, shape,
0: And that's going to lead to a whole nother discussion down the road. And what if Jimmy G gets him deep into the playoffs again? Do you really let him go, cut him loose? And say, well, Trey Lance is still the future.
1: Is he? Is he? That's like, is Jordan Love really going to be the answer in Green Bay?
0: Well, again, that's the conundrum. Aaron Rodgers takes up so much cap space; he can't get any weapons. Jordan Love, you could afford, you could have afforded to kept, you could have kept up Devontae Adams. Yep. And you could have given him
1: weapons, but again, development and it's a crapshoot, kids.
0: We mentioned the first place Seahawks beating up on who I think is a fraud. <clears throat> it's, I believe they're six and two right now. The Giants? The Giants,
1: yeah. I, and, uh, again, Brian
0: Dayball is doing a great job as as the coach because he has got a mess of a roster left over <laughs> from the previous regime. But He's kudos, getting the
1: most out of them.
0: Kudos to Pete Carroll because that right there, that game, Seahawks winning 27-13 in Seattle, <laughs> you might have had the two leading candidates for coach of the year, because Pete Carroll needs Pete to Carroll get some love. Pete Carroll is
1: doing a hell of a job with Pete this Carroll team. Pete Carroll
0: needs to get some love for what he's doing. I mean,
1: my God, the way he's got Geno Smith playing right
0: now. They there. are 5-3 and three in first place in the NFC West, where people didn't even know if they'd win five games the entire year. Yeah.
1: Absolutely incredible what they've been doing. And
0: then we did already talk about the Monday night game where the Browns just shellacked the Bengals. So the, nobody the, knows who the Bengals are right the now. The
1: Browns made the Bengals brown themselves.
0: So the, the brown is that another way to?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> they hit the Brown note. <laughs>
0: so the Browns are treading water here in a
1: couple weeks. Remember
0: mm-hmm. what's coming. D-Day is coming. Deshaun Day is coming, I believe Mm. week 11 or week 12. You
1: say Deshaun, I say douchebag day.
0: So if they keep themselves just above water right now, they're three and
1: five. But is Deshaun going to be able to do anything after not playing in a game for over two years?
0: Yeah, see, I think he's going to be rusty. I think they got to look forward to 2023.
1: Yeah. Now, if they're in a position to make a run... How long would, if he struggles, how long before they go back to Brissette? Who's actually had them treading water to this point.
0: But you're talking 250 million guaranteed. You don't sit 250 million guaranteed on the bench. All right, moving on to this upcoming weekend, NFL Week 9. We are skipping the Thursday night game because it is going to be ugly. It's,
1: why is it even being
0: played? The best team in the NFL going to <laughs> play the worst team in the NFL. The point spread, I believe, is already 14, and everybody is still betting the Eagles. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> and a
0: 14, 14 points in a point spread in the NFL, that's monstrous.
1: That's huge. That's like
0: 35 or 40 in college.
1: Yeah. I mean, and let's face it. The Thursday night, they cannot get a good Thursday night game. They have no. all been garbage yeah. games. Poor,
0: poor Kirk and Al. <laughs> they had that that field goal debacle <laughs> a few weeks <laughs> back with the Broncos. Your kicker, your fantasy yeah. kicker in the Colts. Oh, my God. All right, Dave, why don't you get us started
1: uh, Sunday, November the 6th. First one, we've got Chargers go down to Atlanta. Cross country to play the Falcons.
0: Oh man! Everybody knows I don't trust Brandon Staley, but again, the talent on the roster
1: for the Chargers. The Chargers don't play well on the road, and they've had a bye
0: week, so I don't think the travel matters. They're coming off a bye week. Don't the Falcons just played an overtime game? Granted, at home, so they haven't had to. They don't have to to worry about that part. I am going with my man, Justin Herbert, my man, Austin Eckler, despite the fact they have got a retard for a head coach. Yeah, I said it.
1: Yep, out of the six picks, you and Sam and Aaron are going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Falcons along with the big blue W and Doug. Packers at the Lions. God. Normally, this wouldn't
0: be the type of game we would pick. This would usually, in years past, be an absolute blowout travesty. But uh, with the way the Packers are playing, and the Lions can put
1: up points. I know. I. God.
0: But losing Hawkinson takes that, away that a weapon. That takes from away Goff. a big
1: weapon. And the Lions have regressed so bad. And the Packers actually have a halfway decent defense. They played
0: Buffalo, I don't want to say tough this past Sunday night, but they at least hung in there and didn't embarrass themselves. The
1: defense kept the Packers close enough. Relatively close, yeah. That if the offense would have even played mediocre, they had a shot.
0: So we're going to stick with history. Yep. Except for Doug.
1: Doug's going to take the Lions. The rest of us. Are smart enough right now. We're lateral thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> we know that the Packers own the Lions. Everybody owns the Lions.
0: I heard somebody, I don't know if this is true or not, going back to the Sunday night game with the uh the Packers and the Bills. But somebody made it a point to to say, did anybody notice how many of the Bills had the the mess, you know how they have messages? Oh, yeah how many more than normal players had choose love
1: (laughs) on the back of their helmets. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that.
0: All right. We just talked about how disappointing the Colts have been. Now they get to go in to play the Patriots in Foxborough. I don't want to say the Patriots are on a roll, but the schedule's working in their favor right now.
1: It is. They're at home. And of the six Patriots across the board to this point, Uh, Raiders go down to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. What are we
0: supposed to do with this game? Oh, my God. The two most disappointing teams in the league, in my opinion, to this
1: point, as we're almost halfway through the season. You've got a Super Bowl-winning coach trying to get the Jaguars on track and you have a multi-Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator who can't be a head coach coming into play oh god I'm gonna drink the Kool-Aid again one last time god
0: I've gotta go with the seasoned veteran quarterback the dynamic wide receiver The better defense. And the running back who is young enough to still be able to grind it out through this year and is having his best year of his young career. We are going down with
1: the Raiders.
0: Well, Sam is with us. Kev, Dave, and Sam go with the Raiders. Bill. Bill and Doug and Aaron go with Jacksonville.
1: God.
0: And we've been talking about this game all throughout the podcast this week. What was supposed to be an NFC Championship preview is now a mess. Two teams underachieving beyond belief. The Rams mortgaged their future to get that one Super Bowl last year. And now and it's now they're paying show. the piper. The Buccaneers have got an aging quarterback distracted by a divorce. You, even though they're healthy and they shouldn't be
1: as bad. But again, head coach. You know, you know one of the reasons I heard that, that Brady got divorced? Because he kept pronu- mispronouncing his wife's name, calling her Jizzle. Oh, God. Oh, God. Sorry. I thought you were going to
0: say something about she had posted something on the internet about him having deflated balls.
1: <laughs> no, just as bad.
0: I have to have faith in Tom, the goat. Will show up here. They are healthy. They still got Fournette. They still got Godwin. They still got Evans.
1: That's the thing. The Buccaneers still have an offense that can score. The Rams, outside of Cup, Cup is dinged up too. He's dinged up. He's still there, but a lot of people. There's nobody else around him.
0: A lot of people questioning why they kept him in. In. At the, the last few minutes of that blowout loss to the 49ers. Yeah. And he messed up his ankle almost, almost tore it up. Yeah. They say he's going to be fine, but we'll see. We'll see. Oh, Ellen God. Robinson has turned out to be an absolute disappointment on the other side. He was yeah, supposed He's to take, non-existent. He was supposed to take pressure off of Cooper Cup. They don't throw to him. The offensive line is shan- in the shambles. You can't put all that pressure on Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Leonard Floyd on the defensive side. So this is going to be, I, believe it or not,
1: this from is what we be saw in the
0: playoffs f- last year, this is going to be a low-scoring game. This is
1: not going to be good. But I think the Buccaneers win. I agree with you as to Sam and Bill and Aaron. Doug is believing in the Rams. Uh
0: Despite the fact this game involves two division leaders, it's pretty much across the board. Titans at Kansas City to play the Chiefs. All you got to do is stop Derrick Henry. Now, can you? Can you?
1: But if you can, you should be able to beat the Titans. Yep. And are the Titans really going to be able to stop all facets of the Chiefs offense? No. The Chiefs offense has actually gotten better without Tariq Hill. And Tariq Hill has shown he does not need Patrick Mahomes. So that's one that actually seemed to have worked out for the better of both parties. And, of course,
0: we mentioned he's got a new toy to play with with Kadarius Toney. Yep. Might be playing this week from what I've read. Yeah. Chiefs Chiefs. across the board. And then the Monday night game. Ravens going to New Orleans to play the Saints. I'm a little shocked but I think now with the beefed up defense with Roquan Smith Roquan now Roquan is
1: going to make a huge difference He is to going that to make
0: Dalton Dalton himself. Yep. Yes, he will. <laughs> Multiple
1: times. <laughs> yep. And then we missed Seahawks at Cardinals although this is an intriguing game. The Cardinals have not been absolutely horrible.
0: I think the X factor here is DeAndre Hopkins being back. He has been targeted targeted 20 times a game so far. I mean, we're talking probably more than any other receiver in the league since he's come back. He's catching up 10, 11, 12 balls a game. I just think at some point this Geno Smith thing has got to come back down to earth.
1: He's playing within himself. It's still... I don't trust Kyler Murray not to make the big mistakes. Well, I've got the Cardinals. So
0: does Sam. So does Doug Seahawks for you, for Bill and for Aaron. Yep. And that, of course is a Sunday game. As I skipped it, the Monday game, November the 7th was, as I mentioned, Ravens at saints. That's Ravens across the board.
1: So moving on real
0: quick to start
1: college football before we have more spillage do do we want to you know what let's shorten this one that way we can dedicate enough time without having to stop and interrupt ourselves
0: oh look at dave always the professional always looking let's
1: do this for the betterment of our listening audience you're
0: always looking to make this a better oral experience for everybody isn't that what everybody wants Aural, a- you <laughs> dirty minded people out there just because it sounds like the other it thing we're all about about wine and pine for doesn't mean that's what i was talking about it's all
1: about the oral experience great
0: now we're going to have to start a counter on
1: that aren't we that's what she said <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. All right. As the conquistor requests, we are going to cut this one a little short. We're definitely going four segments again this week, kids. So we be prepared to. for that. Segment three coming up, college football. And, of course, we've got NASCAR championship race coming up this Sunday. Baseball, and a the World of series. Of course, we got a couple dumbasses. Stay tuned. Dave and I will
1: be right back. Hello friends. Are you tired of the boring sports analysis you get from the major outlets? If so, join the Maestro and the Conquistador for a riveting discussion of all sports topics on Sports Frenzy 2.0, available on Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever podcasts are available.
0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0. He's a conquistador, Dave. Hi. He's the maestro, Kevin Crane. Taping here November the 2nd, 2022. This will hit Thursday morning, the 3rd. College football, as we spent two full segments on the NFL. The mullet freaking let us down! (laughs) We'll get to that here in a second as we recap our Week 9 NCAA football picks. But we do have some headlines to discuss Ugly, ugly stuff, unfortunately, on a couple fronts. Number one, the Michigan-Michigan State game ends in an ugly, ugly scene in the tunnel. Absolutely
1: disgusting, the behavior by the Spartans.
0: We're now up to eight players who have been suspended by Michigan State. You guys can take your viewpoint on this. I've heard some extreme viewpoints where they have said Michigan State should be forced to forfeit the rest of the season. They don't think this is enough based on the video, based on the ugliness.
1: There should be criminal charges. Especially There's another thing
0: that's been brought especially up.
1: Especially when the helmet was involved, hitting one of the Michigan players in the face, over the head, the shoulders. There is no... No excuse for a helmet to be used as a weapon, ever. And I railed on the NFL because of the preseason practice game when Aaron Donald took his helmet off and started swinging it. There, There was no accountability there because it was just practice, a scrimmage. Never is it acceptable to swing a helmet.
0: And there are a lot of people out there who have listened to this podcast and probably think we're grumpy old men and we're old school. In this case, I don't think we are. In this case, I think we're the opposite. Because there's a lot of people out there who are trying to defend Michigan State and the players saying, it's a heated game. It's a physical game. Emotions are running high. That's not an excuse.
1: No, there's pushing and shoving. That happens in the tunnels. We've seen it. You do not have eight guys on two in the tunnel like that, throwing punches, kicking, shoving to the ground, trying to do serious damage. There is no freaking excuse for that. These are a bunch of punks who need to be held accountable for their actions.
0: And, of course, Michigan State, and I'm not trying to make a judgment here on either team, Michigan State, of course, trying to, as they think they're doing, take the high road by jumping on this and suspending these eight players. But Mel Tucker, the head coach, number one, this was another stupid panic move when it came to a head coach like we've seen Notre Dame do in the past. Now Michigan State is stuck with this guy for years and years and years because he had a decent run last year. He tries to act all pious and tries to say, Look what we're doing. But I find it interesting that these situations seem to happen to Michigan all the time because of the situation they've got with their tunnel set up. So again, you've got another guy trying to blame somebody else for the problems of him and
1: his team and his players. How about you exert some control over your team? How about you establish a culture of Actually, being human beings and treating others with respect. Let's face it, Michigan State does not have a lot of credibility in that regard in recent history with the whole Larry Nasser thing. Very good point. You've had a head coach get fired over the sexual assault cover ups by his players. Michigan State is rife with problems that have been covered up and covered up. They have a horrible culture up there in regards to the sports, especially football. It's one more example. So we'll see how this plays out down the
0: road. Auburn, of course, another program that's a
1: dumpster fire. My God, firing another coach with a huge contract by the time his assistants... When they lose their jobs at the end of the year, Auburn is going to be on the hook for paying two full coaching staffs almost $50 million to not be there anymore.
0: We've talked about this earlier with the Bears. Stupid,
1: stupid freaking money in college football. And that's what you get from these overrated damn boosters. Panic
0: moves. It's all about panic moves. In the NFL, it's panic moves with the Bears and the players. In college, it's panic moves when it comes to the coaches. We've got to sign this guy. We've got to lock him up because he showed promise here. Or when he came here in his first year, he looked really good. Charlie Weiss for Notre Dame comes to mind. We'll see about Marcus Freeman. I still think that was a panic move. These universities flush money down the toilet. And then what do they do? Raise tuition. Raise tuition.
1: Nope, we got to pay for this mistake again. Absolutely ridiculous. Coaches should not be paid this damn much money at the collegiate level. It's stupid. The Big 12.
0: What do they care? If Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, they just signed a $2.3 billion deal with ESPN and Fox. What the hell are they getting this kind of money for the TV deals? And they're looking at a payout per school of roughly $50 million. Content. You have to have (sighs) content on all of these sports channels. course, the teams that we follow, Notre Dame steps it up big time, goes up to the Northeast and beats number 16 Syracuse 41-24 in one of the ugliest fucking games in NCAA football history, my Miami Hurricanes, in four overtimes. Keep this in mind. Do the math, kids. Four. Four overtimes. Four overtimes. Beats Virginia 14-12.
1: to 12. How freaking pathetic are those offenses that you cannot score in overtime where it's a gimme, gimme, gimme? They couldn't score touchdowns in regulation, Dave. It was all field
0: goals. And then when they got to the point where they were forced to try the two-point conversion— Oh Miami finally got a two-point conversion to win the thing. And again, this is all for, for Miami. Centers around Van Dyke being injured, their starting quarterback. Who wasn't all that the, to begin with? Well, he's better than this crap that they've my got God. right now. It's amazing they're 4-4 four and four now. Of course, the first college football playoff poll came out. They have got Tennessee number one, Ohio State number two, Georgia, number three, Clemson at number four.
1: Very intriguing. Very intriguing.
0: I'm going to do a little negative here, and then we're going to move on to our games from last <laughs> week and our picks for this week. This is going to tie into something I'm going to get to later on with the NBA. There have been a lot, a lot of instances here over the past couple of weeks of anti-Semitism in sports. I don't know why it's allowed. I don't know why it's I don't tolerated. know why it's
1: rearing its head right now.
0: Dave and I are not Jewish, but I'll tell you what, we do not like any form. Of, I don't like racism against anybody, black, white, Asian, Hispanic. I don't like religious persecution, but this anti-Semitic This wave that's coming through sports right now. Why? The the world's biggest cocktail party, of course, is Florida, Georgia. And they played last weekend. There were banners on overpasses in Jacksonville. And there was actually a a display on one of the video boards. at TIAA Bank Field, where, of course, Jacksonville, the Jaguars play, saying Kanye was right about the Jews. How the hell does that slip through and get put on a video board at any stadium? I don't care if it's a high school stadium. How does that get on a video board at a major college football game? And we'll discuss this more when we get to the NBA. And of course, the idiot Kyrie Irving, who might be the most evil human being on the face of the earth. Yeah.
1: And at what point does anybody think Kanye is right about anything? The guy is a mental midget, he is a clueless twit. And Kyrie Irving is right there with him. These guys are so damn out of touch. They have no frickin' clue.
0: All right, moving on to our games. Last week, real quick, I will concede the fact that Dave is much better at college football picks than I am. I just I make it all up on Sunday with the NFL. But of course, Dave and I, out of the eight panelists on our sports frenzy football picks competition panel
1: group, we are, of course first and second. Yep. I gave you a nine game lead at one point. I've whittled it down to six right now.
0: You had it down lower than that until again, I got a couple back on the pro end. Yeah. Because I just, I was awful with the college picks this week. We're going to skip just through the big ones. We talked about Notre Dame, Syracuse. Of course, your favorite saying Fuck
1: Oklahoma! uh, Fuck Iowa State! Fuck Iowa State!
0: We we could say fuck Oklahoma State too. Fuck Oklahoma!
1: (laughs) Fuck the Mullet!
0: Oklahoma beats Iowa State. We both got that right. Um, But yeah, the embarrassing performance of the week had to be number nine Oklahoma State going in to play number 22 Kansas state and getting
1: freaking shut out 48 to nothing. That is absolutely unacceptable. an unacceptable embarrassment by Gundy's Cowboys. We all, everybody across the board took Oklahoma state.
0: Again, I mentioned we had a couple instances of this and here, the next one Same thing with number 10 Wake Forest going into play Louisville. Maybe not quite as much of a shocker, but still Louisville, unranked, knocks
1: off number 10 Wake Forest, another game that we all had. We all took Wake Forest, who loses 48 to 21. At least they scored. (laughs) Oh my God. You guys
0: had to call you and Sam and Bill.
1: UCF. Held on
0: to my faith in Cincinnati a little bit too long as UCF beats Cincinnati twenty-five to twenty-one. So now Cincinnati out, UCF in in the rankings, I believe. Yep. And that should do it. I think. I think we'll cover these other teams in some of these games that we picked last week in this week's game. So let's yep. move on.
1: Let's roll right through what we have. Big slate that we have this week, starting Thursday night, Appalachian State at Coastal Carolina. Why are they picking this, you say? Because of the close point spread. And the fact that Coastal Carolina, I
0: believe, is 7-1.
1: and Yeah,
0: it's a big conference game. That being said, we're all taking App State. Friday night, November the 4th. Number 24, Oregon State going in to play Washington. Huskies are at home. (laughs) You and I have had issues with Washington recently. We've had issues with Oregon State as well. I don't trust Oregon State. No.
1: This, looking at the stats and everything, Washington State at home.
0: Or Washington at home. They're
1: Washington at home, yeah.
0: But Bill and Doug, out of the six panelists who we've got picks for. They're taking the beavers. If Bill taking the Beavers (laughs) that figures. (laughs) Bill's a Beaver man.
1: Yes, yes, he is.
0: Doug, we're not so sure about, but (laughs) the jury's still out if he's a beaver man or not. But in this case he is. Yep. Saturday, November the fifth, neutral site game, military game, Air Force. And Army, Air Force across the board. Couple of mid-tier SEC teams. Kentucky at Missouri. Missouri just knocked off South Carolina, who was ranked briefly. Yep. Kentucky Uh, just has kept falling and
1: falling. They were, I believe, early in the season in the top ten. They were. They were early, and they have just folded like a house of cards. But it's three and three. You, me, and Bill take Missouri. Sam, Doug, and Aarons, Kentucky. Florida at Texas A&M.
0: Much more promise. You would have thought a couple months back to this game that what we've got now, two underachieving teams in the SEC. Again,
1: Uh, middling SEC teams. This is one... Texas A&M is in the middle of a monster losing streak. Florida has not been doing any better. At home, you would think the odds would be in A&M's favor.
0: Well, I think in terms of record, A&M's a little more desperate. They have got to start winning games if they want to be bowl eligible. Yeah. So that's the big reason why I took A&M on top of the fact they're at home. I've seen some people say – Florida is a little more athletic, has a little bit more in terms of weapons. But again, desperation.
1: At home, they can't lose and again. And Jimbo at is Station. going to the hear the bluebird. The pressure is. If they is lose there. at home again. So everybody's taking A&M except for Doug, who's going with the Gators.
0: Mid-tier teams in the Big Ten. Maryland at Wisconsin. Normally, Wisconsin is not a, a mid-tier team, but have been a little bit mediocre this year, of course. Fired Paul Christ about a month ago. I just like Maryland's offense better.
1: Yeah, Maryland can score. Wisconsin has struggled here and there. I agree with you on Maryland.
0: You and me. Yep. Uh, and Bill and Doug. We've got Aaron
1: and Sam taking the Badgers. The Badgers. I think they got confused. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech, two lower tier
1: Ugh.
0: ACC teams.
1: It's, it, it's the bad Techs. But that, we're all
0: taking Va Tech.
1: Yep. At home. That's the difference in that one for me.
0: Baylor at Oklahoma. Two teams that have really good, solid offenses, defenses.
1: We will see. Baylor, Baylor has been more consistent. Oklahoma's had their asses handed to them a time or two. I don't have any faith on this one with Oklahoma. Baylor for me and you and Bill. Sam, Doug, and Aaron going with the Oklahoma Sooners. The game of the year! This is it, baby. This this is going to be a what what was the term that the big blue W would use? A slobber knocker?
0: Yeah. Number two, Tennessee at number one, Georgia. Of course, we're using the AP poll yep. rankings, not the college football playoff rankings oh. that we just mentioned. I love the way Tennessee's playing this year, and I just don't know if I – don't like Georgia's quarterback. I never have. I know he proved me wrong last year in the championship game. I don't like him. I do not like him. I like Tennessee's dynamic offense this year, even against a great defense like Georgia's, even playing at Georgia. I'm taking the Vols. So
1: is Sam. So is Doug. I am going with the home team Georgia. Tennessee took Bama out on their, in Tennessee, going on the road. (sighs) Again, I want to see, prove it to me before I can believe in you that much more. And I get that. I get that. I do. I do. Georgia at home is really damn tough.
0: So Dave's got Georgia along with Bill, which is shocking because Bill normally goes with the Volunteers. Yep. And Aaron, of course, as well, going with the dogs. Now,
1: I would love to see Tennessee take Georgia out. I just can't pull that trigger right now.
0: Texas at number 13, Kansas State. I hemmed and hawed on this one. This is one of the more difficult picks. But after what Kansas State did at home to Oklahoma State last week, and the fact that I have not been able to trust Sarkeesian and the Longhorns this year, I don't care about the point spread. I don't care that a lot of experts think that Kansas State is ripe for a letdown loss
1: at home. I'm taking Kansas State. My initial thought was to take Texas because of the whooping they put on Oklahoma, that Kansas put on Oklahoma State. They're going to ride that wave. Kansas State has been playing really good football this year, Texas has not. So that's why. I am taking Kansas State with you. Everybody but Sam.
0: Yep, Sam's going with the Longhorns.
1: He's Everybody the, else, he's the Lone Horn.
0: <laughs> BYU at Boise State, boy, BYU. Is BYU
1: is just unbelievable. <laughs> slide, unbelievable losing. That streak. loss to Notre Dame has destroyed their entire season.
0: And Boise State's actually playing a lot better. One team started off on a high. And has slid miserably. The they other have one kind passed of passed is...
1: each other in the middle of the season. But of
0: course, this is a rivalry game in Utah. Of course, Boise, I know, is not in Utah, but, but these two teams these play two, every year. They do. Boise, for everybody except Doug, he's taken BYU. Houston at SMU.
1: <laughs> Oof. Th- this was another tough call. Not sure which way to go. SMU at home is
0: another one of these tough, tough games to pick. One of the last, if not the last game I picked this week, because I was going back and forth. Part of me wanted SMU, but I looked at the trends and Houston seems to be playing a little bit better against a little bit better competition. Barely, but I, I'm Mm -hmm. going with Houston as is Bill and Doug SMU for Aaron, Dave, And Sam. Another big game. Number five, Clemson going into South Bend to
1: play Notre Dame. This, like last week, we talked about it. Notre Dame was, we weren't surprised that they beat Syracuse. No. That was just one of those. Hallmark games you expected Notre Dame to really show up for and you would think they would this week as well I'm still taking Clemson even on the road because Notre Dame has not played as well at home as they have on the road this year
0: nope this is n- n- ripe for a Notre Dame upset special I'm telling you I do not like the way Clemson's played here with the offense they've had with uh, DJ Ungulele, at quarterback. I, I mean, Davos Swinney's already pulled him once this year for being ineffective. You're going to have the crowd. Notre Dame a couple years ago beat Clemson in South Bend with a better quarterback, that being Trevor Lawrence. Notre Dame is somehow going to figure out a way to get themselves back in the top 25, pull off the big, massive upset, so all the Notre Dame sycophants can be ecstatic, and God's team will be starting the climb back to where they de- they deserve to be the top 10 in the NCAA polls.
1: No, not this year. D- Normally I would think Notre Dame at home, yes, take them. They have played so much worse at home than on the road. I can't do it. Well,
0: right now, Doug and I are the only ones going with the Irish. You and Sam and Bill and Aaron are taking Clemson. Florida State at Miami of Florida. The only reason I put this on the slate is because this is every year we pick mm-hmm. this game. This is one of the biggest rivalry games in college football. But in terms of quality, this is going to be a trash it's game. It's going to be a We just talked about Miami and the
1: The the joke of a
0: game they put up with Virginia. What do you think a decent Florida State team is going to do to them? This is not a great Florida State team. It's It's a a decent. And they're still going to destroy Miami. Everybody taking the Seminoles. And then finally, we're back with Wake Forest again. Now number 20 against number 21, North Carolina State. Days on an island, North Carolina State Island, baby. NC State defense. No, I think it's a bounce back. This was an anomaly for Wake Forest. They're better than this. What what they showed on the road,
1: they got exposed last week. Here
0: we go. Everybody else, but the conquistador taking Wake Forest. This is an
1: all or nothing,
0: baby. That'll do it for college football. Let's talk real quick about NCAA basketball. Go from NCAA football Keep to it NCAA at the college basketball. Level. Big Which news! I find it funny on this news tidbit you're about to lay on us the timing of this. Isn't it convenient? Getting out ahead of it, perhaps. Couldn't after- have been couldn't have been done last year because weren't they under investigation
1: last year? This actually stems back from the 2017 investigation started by the FBI into college basketball with all the agents and the teams paying players to sign with different schools and all the improprieties going on with the recruiting. Nothing came for Kansas out of that but lo and behold, there were issues they had internally. Internally, so Kansas has issued self-imposed four-game suspensions for head coach Bill Self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend. Now it's the first four games of the season, and normally you think, "Oh, who gives a?" I know. Rat's I had ass? to. I had to look at this, and because my initial this. thought was. Who cares? It's against nobody. And three of the four three, are cupcakes. Omaha, North Carolina State, and Southern Utah the first three. Then you hit the big game where they would be playing Duke on a neutral site. Kind of a big deal there. So we'll see.
0: But You and I were thinking the exact same thing, too, because that's exactly what I did. I had to look it up because yeah. my, my brain said, do your research.
1: See, I had right there. In first four games against nobodies, I had to scratch it out when I actually decided to look up who they were playing.
0: Yeah, they're playing one of those preseason tournaments and they are playing yeah. Duke. So, so one of the four is definitely a game that they would like to make a statement in that they won't be able to, with at least
1: without their head coach. Right. Now they can't do off-campus recruiting from April through July They're cutting three scholarships, but it's distributed over three years. Uh, Only four official recruiting visits. There's a six week ban on recruiting communication, a six week ban on unofficial visits, and they're reducing the recruiting days by 13. These are self imposed. NCAA still can come down on them with more. They don't have to accept this. They're hoping that by graciously falling on their own sword, that they'll avoid harsher punishments. Freaking stick it to (laughs) them.
0: All right, one final little tidbit that just broke today. I don't know if you kids have heard this. We talked about, in the football segment, the Big 12 getting a massive TV deal with ESPN and Fox, but what we don't usually think about, when we think about these teams shifting conferences and the conferences getting the massive money from the networks, we don't think about schools that are basketball only, because there are a lot more schools that are Division I basketball schools but do not have football programs. Gonzaga! Arguably, right now, the most prestigious basketball program in the country is in discussions to
1: move to the Big 12. (laughs) Are they looking at trying to get in on some of that money? What about
0: that for a basketball conference? Damn. Kansas, Gonzaga, Oklahoma's been known to have a good Good team once in a while when it comes to basketball. Yeah.
1: Very, very interesting. Baylor. That that could be one of the
0: top. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I said Oklahoma. Keep in mind, in a couple years, they're, they're going to the, the SEC. SEC.
1: My bad. But for now, right. that could still it's still a rival. couple years away. Very interesting.
0: I thought that was definitely a very very interesting nugget we're sharing one segment left here baseball nascar
1: and a hodgepodge of other things
0: dumbasses dave and i will be right back but we're not the dumbasses feeling mildly fatigued need a day off even if you just took one a few days ago make 30 million dollars a year but just don't want to work for it you need to join the NBA Load Management Club right now. When they're not napping or texting, guest lecturers Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving will describe foolproof ways to earn tens of thousands of dollars by not doing anything. Sports Frenzy 2.0, available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, is currently negotiating with LeBron James to bring his popular How to Make the Hall of Fame Without Really Trying webinar live and in person to the Load Management Club. Thanks again to Sports Frenzy 2.0 and all you apathetic fans out there
1: for making us a success. All right, kids. Let's put this episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 to bed here as we record November. We're not 2nd. shitting the bed. No, we never shit the bed. November second, 2022. We're taping. This will hit Thursday the third. I'm the Conquistador, Dave Height. I'm the Maestro, Kevin Crane. And we're gonna get in now. NASCAR final race coming up, but we have to highlight martinsville the final race to qualify for the championship run and damn what a wild ride this one was first congrats to uh christopher bell for winning to get in to the final chase spot
0: second time he's done that in this year's playoffs where he was out and had to win to advance yep So now he is one of the championship four. Along with Joey Logano, Chase Elliott.
1: And insane Chastain. My God, if you have not seen it, what rock have you been living under? Chastain had to finish within four positions of Denny Hamlin to be able to advance. And he was not there. And on the final lap, going into the final corner, he said, F it, and pulled the ultimate video game move. As he said, threw it into fifth gear, floored it, and ran the outside wall all the way through three and four at the half mile flat track Martinsville, flew up and finished just ahead of Denny Hamlin. 50 miles an hour, faster through the corners than everybody else it some, was a sight to behold
0: some say i think it is some say old school people might disagree greatest move ever
1: i am old school nascar it was the greatest freaking move ever it Un- is one for the records
0: unbelievable like Dave said you gotta go out and watch it if you have not Just ridiculous. Now, in terms of the final four, we'll get to our picks here for the season finale 500. I hate that name, by the way. It's so lame. I'm so used to having sponsors that,
1: oh, the season finale 500. (laughs) Dumb.
0: If we were naming it, it would be the don't shit the bed 500. (laughs) Of course, Kyle Larson had the poll for Martinsville and proceeds to be one of the biggest snowflakes after the race, ripping on Chastain's move, even though Kyle Larson is a huge racing guy. This seems like sour grapes to me. And Kyle Larson Somebody does got this. Butthurt. I try to stick up for him, but every once in a while, he'll say something like this that makes me wonder why I stick up for him.
1: Every other driver. Pretty much said that was a phenomenal move.
0: NASCAR has come out kind of hemmed and hawed about it, said no changes for the final race. Right.
1: We're not going, really NASCAR? Since when do you not make changes mid-season or at the drop of a hat? But, of course, they did not close the book on doing something in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, they're they're gonna crack down on this. It's it had not been done before, and you can't you can't let this happen again. It's a safety issue. It's a safety issue because now you're gonna have three, four, five guys trying to do this at the same damn time. That's gonna cause more problems than not.
0: Right, and as you said, the the fifty mile an hour difference. That if you plan this, time this the wrong the wrong way you could really smash hard and heavy into somebody causing serious damage. Yeah. Not just to the car but to the the driver.
1: Yeah. It was a brilliant one-time move that worked out. It was an all or nothing gamble to get in. It'll go down in the lore of NASCAR, but at the same time you you can't let it continue because it's going to lead to more problems because Pandora's box is open, you have to slam it shut.
0: And even though he's not in the playoffs, for the second time this year, major driver disqualified, this time for not meeting minimum weight requirements, Brad Keselowski,
1: who I believe finished in the top ten. Yeah, he took a sixth-place finish to dead last.
0: Not uh, making the big blue W and uh, Doug very happy, since they had both picked him.
1: Yeah, well... There were a number of us who got hosed when Hamlin was disqualified earlier in the season. And Kyle Busch. And Kyle Busch. At Pocono. So.
0: Yep. Real quick, another NASCAR news. Alex Bowman will be back for the final race at Phoenix after dealing with his concussion. <laughs> you know
1: what? Why come back for the final I agree. race? I agree. You might as well sense. just say the heck with it and be ready to roll when Daytona comes around after the first of the year. I agree. Wait till February. I
0: agree. No point, no point in doing this.
1: Or uh, Chevy,
0: Chevy, Chevy. I'm thinking ahead to the weekend edition and Fletch. <laughs> Not Chevy Chase. Chevy clinched their 41st Cup Manufacturing Championship last week. The 2023 Bush Clash will now be held at least partially on the West Coast under the lights as they are pushing the start time back to 8 p.m. Eastern for the main event. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Whoop-de-freaking-do. So that's great. You put the lights on so we can see around the... Coliseum. That's third full. Yeah. uh, You know, because everybody's left early or, you know... Yeah, they've got other things to do in Hollywood. Yeah. Then finally, congratulations to Latasha Cossie. She is now the first female African-American track president, as she is now track president of Phoenix. Congratulations. And speaking of that track, that is where the championship race is being held this coming Sunday. Dave is keeping us all in suspense as he hovers four points back of Aaron. Second place in our 2022 Frenzy Cup competition. He has not disclosed his pick yet. No, Aaron, our leader,
1: is taking Insane Chastain. Very good pick. I would expect nothing less. I've been hemming and hawing. Do I want to go with my final pick? four pick that I have left or do I want to go with the driver outside of the final four because they have been racing very well to this point historically everybody has backed off of the championship four, letting them hash it out I think that is going to be the case again this year that they're gonna let the guys run for it, I am gonna go with with Mister Bell. Wow, he changes his pick. I changed my he initial. He for weeks
0: he had Kyle Larson circled for the championship race.
1: So I am, I am. If it's probably gonna bite me in the ass, but I'm going. Based on history, right now. Well, I
0: think what you're doing is you're fighting fire with fire. If he's got, Aaron's got one of the final four. I have
1: to because not we knowing... do award
0: stage points for our frenzy cup for all drivers. Yeah, whereas NASCAR doesn't do that.
1: But I I, I just got this last minute nagging suspicion that it, it's going to be the four that everybody's going to be told to back off unlike it has been the rest of this this season.
0: Well, that makes it seven different drivers out of the seven of us who are left competing for the Frenzy Cup here at Phoenix. Aaron, of course, Ross Chastain, Dave now, Christopher Bell. I'm going with Chase Elliott. Bill is taking Martin Truex Jr., Jen is taking Joey Logano. Nick was taking Kyle Larson. Doug, I had to talk him out of being a little biatch.
1: Don't be a don't pull a Sam on this one and flake out because, because of course you got disqualified. He didn't, like, he didn't
0: like the Keselowski deal. I talked him into taking a better driver. He went with Ryan Blaney. There you go, kids. Final Frenzy Cup picks of the year. Moving on to baseball, of course, the World Series. As we tape, game four is in full swing. The Phillies up two games to one. They shellacked the Astros last night. Five home runs. Seven, seven. And nothing win. Ouch. That was just Lance McCullers, of course,
1: rumors are that people thought he was tipping his pitches. He said no. He just got flat out beat. Update for you after four zero zero here as we tape. All right.
0: Of course, in game one, the Astros and Justin Verlander blow a five run lead, end up losing in ten in Houston to the Phillies six five. Game two, Framber Valdez comes through. Houston wins that one five to two. Couple interesting notes about one Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals. Number one, I hope you love him, St. Louis, because you're going to be stuck with him for the next five years. He opted in. Yep, to the remainder of his contract, five years, 144 million is and now. Why locked wouldn't in. he
1: opt in on that?
0: Could he have gotten a little bit more? That's just under 30 million a year. With the way the crazy baseball economics have been lately, who knows? I think it's smart to take it. Take it. Be stable. He's 31 right now.
1: You're not going to get anything better elsewhere. And St. Louis is a solid organization.
0: They're going to be in contention. Him and and Paul Goldschmidt can play together now here for the next four or five years. Make a a very formidable one-two combination. Yeah. And, by the way, Mr. Arenado also won his 10th consecutive gold glove. I believe the first player ever to do that in his first 10 years in
1: the league. That's impressive.
0: No White Sox this year on the gold glove list, but one Cub made it. Ian Happ gets a gold glove. Good for him. Now... Before we get to your Uh, tale of woe, we're going to talk about the team that your new head coach manager came Came from. from. Yes, Kansas City decided to hire outside the organization, the Royals, of course, getting rid of Mike Matheny, They bring in, I believe, Tampa Bay's bench coach, Matt Quattrero. Yep.
1: But they didn't want to hire their own bench coach, so... No, so what happens? The White Sox go outside their organization. Absolutely zero ties in any way, shape, or form. So the Sox hire former, or are going to hire former Royals bench coach, Pedro Grafal. All along, we've heard from the Sox. We want somebody who's had playoff experience, playoff success, somebody who understands the old ways of doing things with the new metrics. Really, Pedro Grafal, from the inept Royals organization, the only ties he has had to postseason success was when he was the catcher's coach or bullpen coach, whatever you want to call it, on the 14 and 15 Royals World Series teams. Where Ned Yost was the manager. Where Ned Yost was the manager. He wasn't even in the freaking dugout to know what the hell decisions were going on. Why do you bring in somebody from an organization who, all right, they'll get some prospects, maybe once a decade or so they might make a run Maybe every few decades, they win a series, and then they get rid of everybody. They're consistently low-tiered payroll. there's they're not a winning organization. Why do you bring in somebody from that kind of culture? when you had an opportunity? I would have taken Ron Washington being the third base coach from Atlanta, he's helped turn them around. He's got them playing some of the best defense, which the White Sox sorely need defensive coaching. Where the hell didn't you consider Carlos Beltran? He was going to be the Mets manager coming out of the winning organization of the Astros. And we're far enough removed from the cheating scandal where I don't think... There's any stink or taint on him anymore. Right. Why did you not seriously consider their current bench coach who you interviewed? I don't get it. And so, of course, to back up Grafal, they're bringing Charlie Montoya in to be the bench coach, the former Blue Jays manager who was fired because he was underachieving and a 500 manager. Yeah, this completely reeks of having a successful crew coming in. I'm sorry, Dave. Again, shitty decision from a half-assed run organization. We will not be like the Bears. We won't be anything until we get a new ownership group. Maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I seriously doubt it. Let Let me
0: point something out to you. And I'm not a Cubs fan who I don't revel in the White Sox misery. I'm not that kind of guy. I've never understood the Cubs White Sox hatred. But let me let me try to ease your, your angst. Stress. At least you're not the new Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> who at this moment in time have got to be the worst organization in the history of sports. We've seen the debacles with James Harden. Kevin Durant wanting a trade, wanting the coach fired, wanting the GM fired. Ben Simmons being brought in, not wanting to shoot, not really wanting to play, always being injured. Just when you think it can't get any worse for the Brooklyn Nets, the idiot the most evil man on the face of the earth. This is one of the few times I will ever bring up the name Adolf Hitler, who is, in history, the most evil man ever. Kyrie Irving is right there with him, ironically, because of what Kyrie Irving did this past week. Kyrie Irving posts a link to a basically a disinformation movie on Amazon basically condemning Jewish people for anything and everything, including they're the reason why there was slavery. Which makes the absolutely Holocaust, no and sense. And the Holocaust didn't happen because the Jews made it up to make people feel sorry for them.
1: That this whole movie was a joke and a half because do people not remember that the Jewish people were slaves to the Egyptians, to the Greeks, and a number of other cultures throughout their history? Again, I don't understand, we talked about it earlier, where this
0: wave of hatred for Jewish people is coming from and i am getting really ups- and i'm getting really upset with the fact that somehow we're letting this slide hatred for certain groups is okay but other groups seem to be almost protected now like right. they're endangered
1: species and we can't say anything bad about them all right breaking news that just hit this evening Kyrie Irving the Brooklyn Nets each will donate in the wake of his controversial social media post about the book and movie that we've been talking about. Irving and the Nets and the anti defamation League released a joint statement announcing the No Nations Wednesday night. Not enough. Not nearly enough. And why are the Nets on the hook for this? From Kyrie... I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day. I am aware of the negative impact of my post towards the Jewish community and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles. I am a human being learning from all walks of life and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from my family and I, we want. We meant no harm to any one group, race, or religion of people and wish only to be a beacon of truth and light. Tell me somebody didn't write that for him. Kyrie Irving
0: and Aaron Rodgers are going to be in the luggage compartment on the sports frenzy plane of doom. They can each tell each other how smart they are, how brilliant they are, Kyrie Irving can kiss my ass. Kyrie Irving is the most evil person on the face of the earth. This and is, this is this is lip service. It is this. This is, mo- this is monopoly money for them. Number one, the why are the Nets paying it? Because they have to cover his ass.
1: Basically, the Nets yeah. didn't do anything wrong. No, they're trying to force. Where's Kyrie- Adam? Goddamn Silver, the commissioner of the league, to condemn
0: this. He won't call out Kyrie Irving by name. He comes up, we don't like anti-Semitism in any form. How about you you make sorry
1: ass down, suspend his ass for the year? You're more than willing to make people,
0: force people to sell teams when they say crap you don't like. But the players, that's a different story. Kyrie Kyrie. The players run the league. The inmates run the asylum. And by the way, fuck Adam Silver and fuck. Fuck LeBron James, because as the face of the league, I've noticed how he had come out and said anything. But you know who has? Reggie Miller, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley. Have the balls, the guts to all three of them come out. And Reggie Miller did it sitting courtside while doing play-by-play in color for a Nets game. Yep. With Kyrie Irving not 10 feet away from him, saying how reprehensible his actions were. Those are men. Those are men.
1: Adam Silver and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, you're not men. You're not men. You're cowards. Yeah. Adam Silver has got to be the worst commissioner. This was a time to step up, put your foot down, and hold somebody accountable. You failed. LeBron, you think you're a leader in the NBA? You're a joke. Because you have not said a word. Absolutely freaking pathetic. You are a joke. It's just like China.
0: They can't talk about China because they make too much money despite all the human rights violations. It's disgusting. And this is why I don't watch one minute of the NBA anymore because I find the players reprehensible for the most part, and you can take that and run with it. Yeah, I said it. I think they're a bunch of spoiled, entitled brats who are overpaid, and they sit on their asses because they need load management rest. Bullshit. While other people go out and work 50, 60, 70 hours a week to make ends meet. You play a damn game, you overhyped babies. Oh, and we're not done yet with the Nets, because, of course, on top of this shit... Now they're gonna bring in MA Udoka, the disgraced former head coach of the Boston Celtics, accused of sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior in the workplace. The Nets can't wait to scoop his ass up and bring him in and they force Steve Nash out.
1: It just gets better and better. The Nets are a travesty. They're a train wreck. It's pathetic. And again, Adam Silver, I don't want to hear
0: anybody ever talk about how you're a good commissioner. You are an ass bag. You are the worst. You're worse than Bud Selig. That's how bad you are, you spineless, gutless, alien-looking bitch. That being said... (laughs) Pivot! (laughs) Pivot! I believe you have a moment of silence for us to discuss.
1: Yes. NFL, could we say legendary executive, John McVay, who orchestrated the roster for the 49ers and their five Super Bowls, arguably leading one of the top dynasties at the time has passed away at the age of 91 current Rams coach Sean McVay's grandfather so thoughts and prayers to the McVay family it was a hell of a job he did working with Bill Walsh to put those teams together and Seifert
0: absolutely all right we're gonna have to pivot again That dumbass time of the show. Yeah, we've got a couple dumbasses for you to wrap things up here on this week's episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0. And I hate to bring him up again, but he just, we should have a dumbass of the year award. I mean, Aaron Rodgers every other week, Kyrie Irving, and now LeBron James, not only because of his silence when it came to the Kyrie Irving situation, Amazon should probably be included in this. Oh, easily. You know, they've got all these alternate streams for their Thursday night game. They got the all girls, you know, in the Hannah booth. Storm, and, you know, then they got the analytics broadcast. And I think they the got like, the geese. dude. Uh, what is it? Dude Perfect. The Stunt Guys have one. Those morons. Now LeBron James is going to actually get. An alternate stream show for Thursday Night Football?
1: Why? Who gives a sh- Who gives a rat's ass what LeBron James thinks about football? We barely care what he thinks about the NBA. I don't even watch the
0: Peyton Manning and Eli Manning alternate broadcast for Monday Night Football, and I would care a hell of a lot more about that than I would about LeBron.
1: LeBron needs to go bye-bye
0: game one of the world series the lead singer for the black pumas oh my god eric burton completely botches the lyrics for the star spangled banner how do you do this haven't any of these people learned from history just do it and do it right don't embellish it don't be off key don't be roseanne Barr. You know, not
1: everybody's going to be Whitney Houston, right? But to screw up the lyrics is unacceptable. He should have his citizenship revoked for that one.
0: The worst referee in the NFL, in my opinion, and I don't care if he's black poker. Jerome Boger. Who, <laughs> How did I know? Who Sounds like he didn't even get out of the fifth grade with the way he talks. Well, he really, really proved me right this past week. Pete Carroll and his staff, some of the members of his staff, got out on the field in their win against the Giants, so they were called for sideline interference. We're well aware of that. Except Jerome Boger said the penalty was on the Seattle Mariners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, City. Wrong sport, dumbass. And uh, finally,
0: on my end at least. I got one. Real quick. Stanford suspends the mascot tree number 44 <laughs> for running out with a Stanford hates fun banner. During the Arizona State
1: game. Since when does Stanford care what the band or their tree says? They let them get away with anything and everything. All right, Florida Gators linebacker, freshman, Brandon, or transfer in Brandon Cox Jr., has been dismissed from the team after punching Georgia running back McIntosh after a touchdown was scored in the loss. That Florida took. It wasn't the only issue causing him to be dismissed from the team. I guess there have been other incidents that he's been involved with, and the coaching staff has said enough is enough. Bye-bye, dumbass. Way to screw up your life. He's a conquistador, Dave Height. He's a maestro, Kevin Crane. Check out the Weekend Edition. Check out our Facebook
0: page for all of our picks each and every week. We love you. We will see you next week.